The Star Hours, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast from the Star in Sheffield. God, that is all over with. Welcome to the Star Owls, where we're getting over a severe case of be careful what you wish for itis. We were all so desperate for football to come back and look at the misery that it's brought us. And what's worse, the real despair could still be to come. Anyway, I'm Liam Hoden, and joining me in this pit of angst is one half of the Star's Owls writing team. It's Joe Cran. How are you, Joe? All good, mate. All good. I'm also, I'm also glad that's over. It was, we were so full of, like, like optimism when it's first started again you know there was a couple of good results and they were playing well and they were getting a couple of goals and yeah that all disappeared didn't it um, look they, they, even by the end you know they, they weren't playing horrendously bad you know they, they should have been they should have won that last game you know there's no doubt about that they should have won it they didn't and they didn't not just win it they lost it in the last minute which was so Wednesday it was unbelievable especially Wednesday this year um, but yeah so I'm glad it's done with I'm glad that the you know project rebuild can get underway now, and hopefully I can be back in the country for when it when it's done. <laughs> we all hope so. And also joining us is Joe's partner in crime, Alex Miller. How are things, Alex? Yeah, all right. So that that big deep breath after the the season finishes, all those gamings are such a short period of time, and then uh, you sort of it dawns on you that we've still got EFL updates non-existent EFL updates to chase and, uh, and transfers and all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, what, what is usually, I guess, a, a sort of a nice week or two. Um, yeah, we're still very much on, on, the, uh, on the hamster wheel. But, yeah, looking forward to it. What we probably will be without this year is that very, very awkward period when one season's finished and pre-season hasn't really started, there's not a great deal going off and you really are scrambling around for, uh, for stuff to write about. Uh, a, a former colleague of ours always used to take his holiday around that time, which, which left, uh, left it on other people to try and think. Although we are well-versed now in uh, scrambling around to write things about after this uh, lockdown. Just one thing, touching on, on the last few weeks, Alex, you've obviously been the one of, uh, of us that's been sort of travelling the country during all these restrictions and, and the, 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 the scenarios that we've seen at each ground and the restrictions that you've got there and things like that. What's the experience been like as a whole? I'm sure it's one that you, you, you're absolutely over the moon that you've had the opportunity to do, but what has it been like on a day-to-day basis? I thought you were going to say riding across the country and getting fat then. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, that. that's can't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you say, just a, a real, real privilege. You know, I, I think I made a, a point on a previous podcast about just before we got back into football. I spoke to a couple of Wednesday fans that that had been like to every game since. 1980 something and that was the only one that they missed since 1960 you know what I mean and, and really nice people and being able to get into the ground was was a massive massive privilege you know, was, I can't imagine the number of people that were allowed to do that across the Premier League and the Championship ran into the thousands so you're talking you know hundreds of people in the country so yeah really 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 lucky boy um, consider, you know especially considering I've not you know on the, on the face of it I've not been around that long um, so yeah being able to just swagger into Sheffield Wednesday and being one of a handful to, to go down to keep you on and all the rest of it. Yeah, like I said, really, really lucky and, and it's a privilege that I've not taken for granted. In terms of sort of the experience itself, you sort of get used to it, I think. It, you know, the, the first couple of times, just sort of things like wearing the mask, you know, it was was 
desperately uncomfortable and, and sweaty and horrible and, and you've, you've got you know I, I think you can see from my videos actually all the way through from the first one I'm, I'm touching my mask all the time and I'm, I'm, I'm desperately trying to and then you know to, towards the end it's it, it's just it's an extension of me uh, of me ugly face so yeah it, it just just really you know you, you do sort of get used to the the, the zoom press conferences and, and, and speaking to the manager and, and that sort of thing. And that cycle, I mean, from, from our point of view, you know, from a journalist's point of view, it's, it's been very good because you're speaking to, to managers and stuff a lot more regularly. You've got three days to, to sort of turn around all the quotes from the last one. It's, it sort of makes things quite, quite easy, but yeah, you know, like you say, a completely, completely unique experience and, you know, we we don't know what next season's going to look like yet, um, and, and to what extent the, uh, the sort of regulations and and everything um, that that we've been working under currently sort of continue. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, we can get back to some sort of normality um, as soon as humanly possible. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get in there and, and get back to getting to covering some games and uh, yeah, it'd be, be an interesting experience. But we're not long to wait, of course. Uh, just before we go on, as I say every time, we are recording on a video conference insight. So if you do experience any audio issues, we we do apologise for that. Hopefully, won't be too long before we're all back in the room uh, around a few microphones and uh, we can uh, get some of these audio issues uh, out of the way. Um, but. The championship season is over, barring the playoffs and obviously a few pretty important independent panel decisions. Uh, it ended with a whimper yet again, a familiar feeling of disappointment of Sheffield Wednesday as they were undone in the dying stages by Middlesbrough. Alex, your thoughts on the game as a well? whole? As Joe touched on earlier, a pretty decent performance from Wednesday. But again, we were talking about a pretty decent performance and Wednesday coming away empty-handed. Yeah, it's just that it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But but between the boxes, they've more or less matched everyone. I think the, the Preston game was probably, um, you know, the, the first half against Fulham certainly. But apart from that, between the boxes, they've they've been pretty sound of Wednesday. Which, considering all the things that we've spoken about, you know, the small squad and and you know the the, the lack of uh, maybe firepower to come off the bench and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's 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 quite impressive in in that sort of small regard that they've managed to mix it on a consistent basis. But just between the boxes and, and all the things that you know, everyone's I think sick of, of hearing Gary Monk talk about. And it, you know, it's one of the areas. Another thing that we've spoken about, you know, that, that I think we sympathise with with the position that Gary finds himself in is that it is the defensive mistakes and it is the lack of being able to put the ball in the in the back of the net. Um, so yeah, uh, just yet another sort of example of that. Really, um, I think the frustrating thing really for the last sort of half an hour of the game, Borough really dropped off and dropped in. I think you know they obviously realised that a point was more than enough for them. Um, and then it, you know it just came down to poor defending and, and ultimately a, a disappointing goalkeeper mistake, which put on top of the one at Fulham. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a galling way for for Joe Wildsmith to finish because otherwise, it, in and around those, those couple of, of errors, he's made some really really good saves. And he's, um, I, I know that without the crowd there, it's possibly something that you can sort of hear and, and notice a bit more. But you know, appeared to be sort of organised his defence well and, and look confident and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not 
It's not just him, you know, the, to a man really, each of those defenders at one one point or another have made a, a mistake in this period. Um, and yeah, just really, really frustrating because, you know, it's, it's yet another encouraging performance. You know, we've used that word so much, encouraging, but but ultimately Wednesday possibly, you know, depending on which way you look at it, didn't, didn't come out with, uh, with what they deserved. It, Joe, to me, it felt like we'd been there before, particularly on a, on a final game of the season. It was just playing out very quite tamely. They were entertaining patches. Wednesday doing some decent stuff, but where we've been there before again is 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 these mistakes. And when you're getting misplaced passes high up the pitch, that ultimately cost you. It, it just it just sums everything up, doesn't it? In terms of what's been going wrong for Wednesday uh, uh, in this period oh, since since the turn of the year, really. Yeah, and, and like Alex said, you know, I, I think people are probably tired of hearing um, Gary's sort of post-match uh, press conferences, and I'm sure he's sick and tired of saying it as well. You know, he's, he doesn't want to be talking about individual mistakes. He doesn't want to be talking about lack of concentration and lack of focus. But that just ultimately is what it comes down to every game because, you know, that's what is costing Wednesday points and costing them goals. And, um, you know, you look at someone like like Barry, who's... Um, I think he gets a lot of unnecessary stick, you know. I think he's, for, for the work that he does and, and the way that he dictates play for Wednesday, I think he does get a lot of uh, unnecessary stick. And um, given how how well he's played and, and the type of player that he is, we can all imagine how annoyed he is with that first goal and, and the fact that, you know, he was the, the root cause of it. Um, but that's that's kind of been the, the story, hasn't it? Like, you know, there hasn't been many goals this season. Um, sorry, this uh, since this restart, where the opposition has scored by tearing us apart. You know, by a really slick move or a really nice piece of play. Basically, every every goal we've conceded has been someone's fault. You know, it's been, it's ultimately been because of a mistake from somebody, um, and that's the um, that's the crux of it. You know, ultimately, you know what you. You need to. You need to. Football is won and lost on mistakes, right? So we haven't capitalised on the ones that the opposition has made, and they have done when they when they've when we've made them, and that's been sort of the story of not just this this restart break, but you know, obviously that's that's you know fresh in the mind. But it is it's it's very frustrating, and um, it's it's tough because you know I've been doing the match ratings, and it's. It's really weird doing the match ratings for, for these games because, you know, I, I don't feel like people have had shockers. You know, there's a, I mean, obviously the Fulham game, um, first half the defence really struggled. Second half they were a little bit better. Um, you know, Preston it was it was probably the worst performance since the restart, and that was a little bit um, a little bit easier to do with the um, with the ratings. But again, those all those those goals came like the bulk of them came late. So, you know, then you've got to change everything up again. And it's been really, it's been tough doing the ratings because, I, like I said, I don't think anyone has, you know, we've not had any games when someone's, when the whole team's been horrendous. Mm-hmm. And also, also we've, other than QPR, we haven't had any games when everyone's been great either. It's just been sort of a, a steady sort of showing from a lot of people. But then with these, within these steady showings, there's just been a couple of major errors that have just thrown, thrown us off kilter completely. And, um, I think I mentioned it in the last in the last podcast. You know, we with the with the performances that we've put in and the way we've played, with a little bit 
um, a little bit more luck and a little bit less um, mistakes in terms of both both ends of the field because we've missed some sitters as well. Um, you know, you you could be talking about you know being a little bit closer towards the playoffs than we actually you know than we actually were. And now instead of that, we're just looking over our shoulders and counting up all the points that, that split us in the in the bottom three and, and wondering what kind of points deduction would take us down. And um, yeah, that's not a good place to be in, you know, it's not a good place for everybody because we did want this to be sort of a line drawn under it now. You know, it's been a bad season. It's been um, it's a tough time for Wednesday nights. It's, it's not, uh, I think people, a lot of people are, are kind of just done with it at the minute and they, they wanted that break. They wanted it to be done. Um, so the fact that we've sort of kicked the last ball and the final whistle has been blown, but we're still not 100% sure, is it's just not a, not a nice place to be at the minute. No, no. And we're going to touch on that shortly. I just wanted to bring a point on on Barry Bannon and, and the criticism that, that he's had. It, you're probably going to get it in the position that Barry Bannon is in and a player who takes risks. Part of his game is taking risks and, and, and playing passes that, and not going to come, not always going to come off, and and possibly a reason why he finds himself in the championship. They don't come off every time, and it's high. You notice it much more from a player in that position when they make a mistake and misplace a pass. Obviously, not one that they're not all lead to goals as as they did the other night. But yeah, I think a lot of the criticism on on Barry Bannon uh, is unfair. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to say that because I, I do think he really. I, I think the, the the good certainly outweighs the bad when it comes to Barry Bannon. Uh, I think yeah. I was talking to someone about it last night and for, for what he's done for, for Wednesday and, and the way he's often carried the team, you know, since he's come in, I'd, I'd, I mean, I haven't checked this, but I'm pretty sure there isn't a, another player who's played as many games as he has. Um, and no, one's, no one will have provided more assists. No one will have made more passes or, you know, more, more key passes, all that kind of stuff. And I, And I think that you know, we we've seen we've seen some some really good players leave Wednesday. You know, like Fernando Forestieri leaving the way that he left, um, and you know, it, he didn't have that consistency, and then he he left under a bit of a cloud. My only hope is that with with, with Basel, when he when he does eventually go, um, you know, I hope that's not anytime soon. But when he does eventually go, that he's remembered for for what he did, because I don't think that his his ability and his his heart and his you know his his work rate can can be questioned at all. You know, he, I, I was looking at some stats yesterday actually, and you know, in terms of I think four or five major major like stats for a for a midfielder, he's um, top in the, in the entire club. You know, he's also top three I think for um, you know tackles for instance. You know, he's 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 high up on the tackles chart, he's high up on the interception chart, all that kind of stuff. He really does put in a major shift and. Um, and like I say, I just, I just, I think he is a player that should be remembered as as one of the 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 greats of the modern era for Sheffield Wednesday. Even if he doesn't achieve, you know, that promotion that we we all wanted him to be part of, um, I, I think that the, the what he's done for the club and um, the way that he's always sort of taken responsibility as well. You know, he doesn't shy away from stuff. He'll, like you, like you mentioned, he's always trying to find a pass and, and that's the nature of his game. I just, I think one of the keys to, to Sheffield Wednesday being a success is finding someone to free him up. You know, we, we spoke about, about Massimo Longo possibly being able to do that. Um, because, and, and the problem is that right now, 
as we saw um, in the last game, if if Barry Barron doesn't, if, if the opposition closed him down and stops him playing, you stop Wednesday. And that's, yep. you know, that needs to be fixed because we can't be a team that is reliant on one player and one player alone. No, no. Alex, overall then, how would you um, assess the season? I think we've probably encapsulated it in, in just discussing the, the Middlesbrough game, but looking back, what a crazy campaign from uh, from a Sheffield Wednesday point of view, even without everything that's going off on the outside, COVID-19, the, the AFL charge, just how it played out on the pitch for Wednesday. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, I've said it before, but the weirdest team in the weirdest league in the weirdest season ever. It, um there was obviously third at Christmas. You know, is a is a, is a convenient stat, and and um, I think Adam Reid said in an interview where he was talking about you know chasing down West Brom and Leeds and all that sort of stuff. I've got to say, it, it did feel like it was perhaps a little bit unfair, but it, it felt like a false position. It, it didn't feel like. Sheffield Wednesday, you know, my, my sort of sort of cruel thing was, you know, in my own head, how how the third sort of thing, um, which doesn't decry what they did because you know if you get to third in the championship, you, you thoroughly deserve it. But it, it just felt there were a lot of one nil wins at, at Hillsborough, and it felt like they were just sort of uh, muddling through a little bit. Um, but nevertheless, they were third at Christmas, so to end up what would have been seventeenth without the cruelty of what's happened to Wigan is just incredible like I say just you know and, and there is no if you, if you talk a breaking point I think they went they went 2-1 up with about five minutes to go at, on Boxing Day at Stoke and that was actually there, there was about five minutes there where I thought in my own head well you know maybe they are promotion contenders because they, they played so poorly and then they'd managed to get themselves in front um, and then ultimately <laughs> conceded to in injury time. And and I think that was possibly the, the sort of the breaking point, you know, and, and everything from there has sort of fallen to bits. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, what, what Gary might in his, in his heart of hearts think about doing differently. You know, it's certainly not all his, his door. In terms of um, you know the things that he's talked about, you know leaders and, and that sort of thing. You know, if he had his time again, would he try and squeeze a few more months out of Sam Hutchinson? Same with Kieran Westwood. There's so many you know different bits and bobs that that maybe could have been done slightly differently. That that perhaps could have you know made sure that that Wednesday didn't finish as as lowly as they have. But ultimately, that the transition that we all know has, has, has been coming for a long time that everyone that you speak to at the club knows, you know, it is a long time coming. Um, you know, he's, he's got that underway. So who knows in, in a year or two, we might be sitting here talking about the fact that this season was, was the best thing that ever happened to Sheffield Wednesday and, and look at them. They're, uh, doing what some other clubs are doing and they've been, uh, hunting down European place in the Premier League. Um, Let's hope so. I, you know, I, it is, I think there was an extraordinary amount of bad luck in there, dotted around in terms of injuries to key players at, at key times. Um, the players didn't step up in that second half. There's been so much talk about about Gary Monk and um, whether he's the man to sort of second, but ultimately the players did not step up in 
in that second half of the season. Key players, the players that have been there for a long time, it it felt that no one was was taking that sort of responsibility. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting few weeks ahead in terms of the season as a whole. I was going to say bat something then. Um, <laughs> absolutely nuts. We'll go with that. It's just been one thing to another. You know, good for us guys in a way. There's always something to talk about. But um, you know, from from a supporter perspective, I can imagine it just being incredibly incredible. Actually, saddening at points. You know, and and we and we have sort of got that. I think particularly over the last couple of days where that sort of season post-mortem sort of plays out on on Twitter. I don't know, over the next sort of days and weeks, me, you know, me and Joe will be sort of doing some of that coverage. But there, there does appear to be a little bit of apathy sort of creeping in. And so that, that transition, the the transfers and, and that, that change that we're talking about, it has to be an exciting one now. Because um, as we know, you know, the, the biggest asset that Sheffield Wednesday have is uh, is that that supportive base? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think, Joe, that a year ago we were dealing with the departure of Steve Bruce. That were all within this period. That all encompassing one season. The departure of Steve Bruce, starting with Lee Bullen in charge, and it not going so well, and then and then Gary Monk coming in, and so much has happened that it's always going to be crazy when you've got a big sort of delay in the middle of it, but what a season I I don't I don't know if it's just I'm biased because obviously it's my club and you know we, we follow them the way that we do but do, does anyone else go through this kind of thing <laughs> like genuinely like does does this you look at what's a, what, what, one of the um, one of the podcasts the, the EFL podcast did a like a thread on you know Sheffield Wednesday's uh, demise the other day and you read through it and you're like what what is this like how does this stuff happen to one club in such a short space of time it's it's mad like you know with with everything that's going on like Alex said it's it's good in a way in terms of there's there's always something to talk about but um, I mentioned to you Liam the other, the other week when we we're doing those player ratings I'm like is there ever a game when you can just like do the player ratings and not have to make a change at the end like it doesn't happen like every game there's like a little something happens and you're like oh can you just change that one, please? Just, you know, even knock off, knock off one or stick one on or something like that. And it's just, it's just so topsy-turvy. And I, uh, I, I think for me, this, the way Wednesday handle this, this period now as a football club is going to be very, very interesting. Um, for me, if it if it was if it was sort of me taking over things, they've got to be very careful about the way that they you know deal with the fan base because, like Alex said, there's a lot of apathy around. People are a little bit over it. Um, I, I would I would look at possibly you know keeping stum with signings until you've got a big fish. You know, there's going to be there's going to need to be a couple of big signings this year if Wednesday are going to do anything. Um, and I think that they they need to start with a bang. You know, you, you, I, I would think that, you know, speaking from a, a little bit of a fan's perspective, you don't want to, um, you don't want the f- first couple of signings to be, you know, a couple of freebies that you've picked up um, who, who don't have a much of a name for himself. Not not saying they might won't be good footballers, but, you know, you want the fan base excited. You want the fan base to 
to the first signing they see to be like excellent you know we're making some progress now um, you know someone like Delhi Bashiru who's obviously got a, a big reputation and uh, well as, as a youth footballer anyway and, and comes from Man City um, someone like that is is an exciting prospect for the future and, and someone like that is is someone who the fans can get behind because it fa- it fits the the profile of you know not only what what Gary Monk wants and but also with what the fans want. And I think that's one of the interesting things is with with everything that Gary's saying about the club and the way he wants to take it forward. He's saying what all the fans want to hear. You know, it's not like it's not like they've got two differing opinions on the way that they want Sheffield Wednesday to go. He wants young, hungry, dynamic players. I mean, they're the the three sort of uh, key words he's been he's been saying quite a lot and I mean that's exactly what Wednesday fans want so they've got to now make sure that they they handle this period right and, and get people back on side because um, I think that the way the season's gone both in terms of the you know actual football but also with that the lack of people in, in stadiums and the the way that people have kind of um I don't think it's too too extreme to say a lot of people have fallen out of love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, you know, th- it's a culmination of a lot of things, but that's just where they're at. And, um, you know, they've got some work to do now to try and build that build that that relationship back up. Um, and Gary Monk spoke about reconnecting, you know, reconnecting with the fans. And as Alex mentioned, you know, there's not many, many football clubs where that's as important as it is with Sheffield Wednesday, given the size of the fan base, because... Um, they can make or break you if they want to. So, you know, they've got to they've got to make sure that that is sort of that that begins to get patched up now, and 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 they try and fix that. Um, but it's going to be an interesting few weeks, um, and I'm I'm very very intrigued to see sort of the the way they go about this whole period now. It, the the kind of the PR of, of all this situation is 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 massive, uh, as you've said. It, I, I don't like describing it as a PR kind of thing, but it really is because supporters have got a choice now, and there's a lot of people out there who will have experienced not financial difficulties or things tightening up due to this. What what's gone off? There'll be people who's, who out of work. Who it's a it's a big decision to to or whether you're going to buy a ticket to go and watch Sheffield Wednesday, whether you're going to buy a season ticket to go and watch Sheffield Wednesday, particularly with the prices that, that, that they are. You've got to give people a reason, and, and apathy is the worst enemy of this. Anger is at least a feeling, at least an emotion. You Definitely want to see something. You're desperate to see a reaction. Apathy, you start you, you start to get into the stage where you don't care. And uh, Yeah, I saw someone tweet the other day, um, a guy called Kivo Leon um, on Twitter. He tweeted that Wednesday of Wednesday Ice, who have got a season ticket on the cop, have paid 24 quid a goal this season. Um, it's incredible. That's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> that is incredible. And 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 then all the, these people that buy a, a season ticket at home don't get the opportunity to go away. They're seeing all the away supporters pay money, they're, they're, they're much less per, per goal than what they are. They're obviously, this bizarre yeah. situation that we've talked about before in terms of scoring record at home and away. But yeah, it's some. It's an important period for Wednesday for so many reasons, but as you say, in just in terms of keeping supporters on side, that's probably the most important thing of the lot, uh, and 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 building a bit of faith. And and you've seen with uh, the the creation of the supporters trust and, and the work they're trying to do, and trying to have, have dialogue with uh, Mr. Chancery, 
I think that's really, really positive that, that, that that's come around and, and, and hopefully there will be some, some real positive results from that and supporters can feel a little bit more energised and, and have that connection back with the club. Uh, that, that, to be fair, Mr Chancery did have that not too long ago. People were, were, were all very much behind him and um, supportive of what he was doing. They loved him. They were singing in, singing in the street to him in York. I don't know if you can remember that in that pre-season. He probably won't really want to walk down the streets to a friendly now at the minute. Um, and, but hopefully that, that can come back because regardless of what anybody thinks and, and whether they think anybody's doing a good job, if if people are together and people are united behind this, sorry to use the U word, um, the uh, it, it's it's only positive for for the club going forward, and, and they can build together. Nobody's expecting that Sheffield Wednesday all are going to click the fingers and be challenging for promotion next season. Who knows what's going to happen? It's a, it's going to be a crazy, crazy season anyway. After what everything that's happened and and, and the quick turnaround that we've got, but what people want to see is progress. However slow, because this season has been a significant backward step, coming on the back of backward steps before this. Uh, and we, we talked so long ago now about that, that, that playoff final, Joe, uh, when we were on the anniversary of that. And, and look at that, that day at Wembley in 2016 looked like the start of something. And unfortunately, it's been the pinnacle of, uh, of this entire period. So we need to be some progress and uh, getting back towards that. Um, we'll talk now then about um, Gary Monk, um, who was proven it, it is it's it's got to the stage where he's a little bit divisive in terms of um, do people want him to continue? Uh, the, you, you can check in social media, which is always it's probably the worst thing to check. But there's a lot of people not convinced, um, and 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 you can obviously with the last few months you can understand why people would come to that. Um, but Alex, your thoughts on on Gary Monk? He he's laid out what needs to be done. Is he the man to do it? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that he has a better idea of the problems and the obstacles in, in Sheffield Wednesday's way than probably anyone else on the planet right now. Um, I think I think the bottom line is whoever it is, and I, and I do think it will be Gary Monk, and I think, you know, from a, from a personal point of view, you know, I, I would go with Gary Monk. Um, I think whoever it is has to be backed to the hilt and has to be given a lot, an awful lot of control over the direction that, that it's going to be taken in terms of transfers, in terms of doing everything you possibly can to get your backroom staff in. If, you know, it's a really sort of unique position that Wednesday find themselves in, in that it has been so terrible <laughs> for, for a few weeks now that there really is uh, a, a sort of blank canvas to work with and the fact that the you know the the squad is in in the state that it's in and and all the rest of it um but my my sort of other question to that would be if not Gary Monk then who which, which you know exciting championship experience young dynamic manager is bouncing around waiting to take 
the Sheffield Wednesday job with all the uncertainty around it, with you know the the, the question marks that the club always has about you know managerial control and, and that sort of stuff. It, you know, is there a queue of of all you know really attractive, exciting alternatives sort of banging the door down? I'm not I'm not sure that's the case. You know, you look at a lot. You know, the, since the the news earlier this week about Nigel Pearson, obviously with the, with the history that he's got, someone like that. Well, I'm I'm not sure I would prefer a, a Nigel Pearson to a to a Gary Monk. You know, obviously Nigel's done what he's done. He's got an incredible standing in the club, and and he would straight off the bat regalvanise a fan base that is, as you said, torn together. Um, but but ultimately, you know, Gary said so himself. Gary's the man in the seat. Gary's spoken a lot about this transition, um, and like I say, I, I would go with him, and I would sort of push all my chips into the middle of the table and um, create an environment where he is best equipped to, to sort of run this transition and get this club back on track because ultimately he's not even nearly been in that position with everything that's been, you know, coming into the the club six games into the season with no transfer window. The only signs he's made have been loan players that may or may not be around next season. No backroom staff. You know, what feels like a decade ago, I spoke to Lee Bullen about how difficult that actually is. Walking into a club, where you just you don't know anyone, and you you just given the the steering wheel, and, you, and you, you've got to get things going straight away. And, and he said, from a coach's point of view, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. But you know, you, you're at, you know, Gary talks about these prince, coaching seven coaching principles that he's got. Quite specific things. All the players talk about how detailed he is. Well, if you've got one or two people around you that can that can help impress that detail on the squad it's massive so you know we have we have spoken about the backroom staff thing a few times on this pod but I think that's massive Mm. Um, yeah the short answer to your question Liam is that I I would give him another go Um, but it's it's really important that they get it right because there is going to be a big shift in in the squad Um, and if we're sat here in six months' time and the season started dreadfully and, and Gary Monk's out on his ear and a new manager's got to come in with what is essentially a squad geared around Gary Monk and Gary Monk's methods, um, then it's another step backwards. But uh, yeah, a, a long... I've got around the houses there a little bit. <laughs> but yes, short answer. Uh, yeah, give it Gary Monk. Joe, your thoughts then? Gary Monk, the man, man to go forward? I think so, you know, as Alex said, you know, there's not there's not really a person better place to, to sort of oversee this this change given what he knows about the club and given what he's you know, what he's seen over the last twelve months. I am a I'm a firm believer in um in sort of managers living and dying, you know, based on what they do. And I think that right now, given the season that he's had, you know, he, he came in late, couldn't have any sign ins at the start, hasn't got his backroom team there. You know, he was limited in what he could do in January as well. And, you know, I think that we've got to put him in a position so that if it does go badly, then he can hold his hands up and go, cool, they were my signings. You know, it was my team here. Um, This is my fault. Just like if it goes well, then he must get the credit as well. And I think that I'm a a firm believer that, you know, you, you can't, you can't completely judge a person based on 
so much that has been um, out of his control, really. And I think that, you know, people talk about Watts' his, um, his pedigree in rebuilding a club and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's, that's I suppose, a fair comment in some ways. But where are you going to find a, a, young, a young manager who's got a lot of experience in rebuilding a football club? You know, that's, that's not what young managers are, are doing at the minute because they haven't had the chance to do that. Um, you know, I know it's a few jobs back now, but you can't, you can't fault the job he did at Swansea. You know, he did a, he did a great job there. Um, and like I say, for me, the, the, he says all the right things. You know, I, I know that that is, you know, it, it, that doesn't get your results on the football pitch, but you, you listen to his, his, his press conferences and you listen to the way that he talks and the direction that he wants to move Wednesday in. And aside from if you're already against Gary Monk, you know, and you've made your mind up, I think you can listen to him and go, yeah, you know, that, that, that's in alignment with where I want to go with this as well. Um, and I think that, you know, as Alex mentioned, we could be sit, sitting here six, seven games into the new season and going, oh, you know, that was a mistake. But, you know, we've got, I think he deserves the chance to, to, try, and, to try and change that. You know, Wednesday, Wednesday fans, uh, I say Wednesday fans, but I think fans in general, that there is a tipping point, you know, that, that does get to a, a point of no return with a, with a manager. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure that he's, he's there yet. I, I think he is very much split. I think there's still a lot of, um, of a split in opinion in terms of um, the guys that do one in there and, and the ones that don't. But for me, I, I, I think that he deserves a fair crack at it. I think, you know, I, I know that when you talk to people, you know, publicly, when you speak to, um, when you speak to players, when you speak to people at the club, you know, on record, when they're doing interviews, then, then they're not going to say bad things about people. But, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people behind the scenes um, and no one's had a bad word to say about him. You know, no one's had a bad word to say about his, his you know, the way that he works and his, um, his sessions. And, you know, the, it's not like the, from the people I've spoken to anyway, it's not like he, he's lost the dressing room. You know, I think a lot of people talk about that and they talk about how players aren't playing for the manager and stuff. And I don't think that is the case here. Um, I might be wrong, you know, <laughs> I can only go on what people have told me, but um, I, I, like I say, I, I think he deserves a fair crack of the whip. I think, you know, as Alex said, give him full reign of this now. Let him take, let him take kind of what they gave to, to Steve Bruce, you know, Steve Bruce, it felt like had a lot more control over things in and, and that's because Steve Bruce was Steve Bruce, you know, he comes in with his personality, with his, his pedigree and that kind of thing. And um, I think, you know, Gary, Gary's got to be given that kind of, um, that kind of power now if he's, if he's to succeed because ultimately he's the one who's going to get fired if it doesn't go wrong. So, you know, give him what he needs to, to try and avoid, um, you know, things going badly in him, getting blamed for what is ultimately someone else's mistakes. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as Alex. I think, you know, there will be a lot of um, opposition because that's what happens when you go on the run that we won, that we went on, you know, four or four wins in 23 is not good enough. You know, he knows it's not good enough, but um, the season's over now. And I just feel like it's a case of, hitting that rebuild button and allowing the person in charge 
to be in con- complete control of what that sort of what what follows from from when you hit that button. There's obviously no indication that that Gary that there is going to be a change of manager. Mr. Chancery has shown that. Um, is is loyal to to his managers. Uh, he showed that with Carlos. He showed that over um, several, sort of several occasions before. And I, I think he'll have full faith in in Gary Monk to go and take this on. Uh, we probably agree far too much on this podcast. I'm sure other people want us to be uh, to be disagreeing about stuff. But but I, I have to agree with with both of you. Um, forgive me for a minute for talking about Doncaster Rovers. I don't. I know that the people might not know, but that's the club, club I cover on a regular basis. But a few years ago, Darren Ferguson took Doncaster Rovers down into League Two, which were unthinkable. It got them into playoff contention in January. Then they didn't win for 17 matches and were ultimately relegated to League Two. Uh, and they kept faith with him. And um, he rebuilt the club and got them promoted straight back the, the following season. And I think that's the value in having somebody in. And he spoke regularly about the problems that were already existing in a squad that he'd not put together, a squad that had grown stale, a squad that needed freshening up and new blood and a new direction coming in. And I think you, you touched upon it, Alex, that there is nobody better, but there's nobody knows this squad better and has identified the problems more clearly than Gary Monk. And, and I think there's a real, real value in that. Uh, somebody, somebody new coming in would be starting from a, a blank slate, and, and and probably giving the players a blank slate and giving them the opportunity to to impress. And 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 we know that there's only a quick period. You're not going to have four or five weeks in pre-season to make your mind up about players before you decide in what who you're going to bring in. You need to bring players in now. And if you're looking to move people on, you need to be looking to move them on now as soon as you can. So and just just on that as well. Sorry, just just on that. You know, you also talk about what what comes with a new manager. Um, there's there's certain things that you can talk about before you join a club, but there's certain things that you only learn by being there. And you know, you don't know the situation that you might find yourself in, where you know people say, "Well, you know, we'll move we'll move Gary on, we'll get someone else in." Someone else comes in, and then you know, a little bit into it, they're like. Wow, I didn't sign up for this. You know, this is this is not you know the way that I thought things were going to go, and then you know that becomes fractured and and that can become very very slippery. So, um, you know, as, as you've both mentioned, the fact that Gary knows what's going on, he knows how the clubs run, he knows the chairman. He's he's obviously had a lot of conversations with him, and he he knows the issues that are there, both in terms of the personnel, but also in terms of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club as a whole. Um, and the fact that he's aware of that and still wants to be there, um, I think is a, is definitely a positive. Mm, definitely, definitely. We'll probably get on to uh, the players and, and kind of what, what we think needs to be done and, and, and potentially people moved on. We'll probably get on to that in our next episode. And for our next episode, you've obviously heard our opinions about Gary Monk and you're going to hear his opinions about players. But for our next one, we want your opinions too, your, your thoughts, your feelings, anything you want to vent about, anything really, anything you like. And we've got a couple of options for you to, to get this into us, but we'd really like you to leave us a voice message so we can hear you on this podcast and, and, and take your questions and, and react to your thoughts in, in that way. There'll be a link in the description of this podcast for, for how to do that. And we'll also be putting information out on our um social media channels as well for you to be able to leave us a voice message. Alternatively, you can tweet us on at the Star Owls or send us a message via our dedicated Sheffield Wednesday Facebook page, which you can 
search out on Facebook. Uh, and both of those are obviously well worth a follow if uh, if you don't do so already. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you hear that episode particularly if you leave us a message, see if you get part of it, and, and for any future episodes as well. We'll be we're maybe taking a little bit of a break before the start of next season, but we will be certainly back on a regular basis next season uh, and, and, and in the build-up to that as well. And, of course, I always point you there, head over to thestar.co.uk for the very best unrivaled coverage of Sheffield Wednesday. And there's the subscription message. It's £1 for the first three months. Subscribe to the website. There's a link to the subscription in the description for this episode. Get on that. £1, three months. Perfect to take you through the madness that is coming over the next few weeks. Hopefully not too mad when it comes to certain uh, judgments and hopefully we are talking about somebody building and Gary Monk building a side to take on the championship next season. We don't want any further hiccups over the next uh, few weeks, but appreciate your time lads as always for joining us uh, today. As I said, we'll be back again next week to, uh, to continue our assessment of where Sheffield Wednesday are now and where they need to be going forward and thanks to you all out there as well for joining us take care and we'll speak to you again very soon thanks very much head over to the star.co.uk for all the latest news views and analysis of all things Sheffield Wednesday follow us on Twitter at the Star Owls or search on Facebook for our dedicated Sheffield Wednesday page and remember you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever